On the virtual Bible study night, we want to talk about doing some examination. Yeah, but the key to it is it's self-examination. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, instructs us to examine ourselves, whether we are in the faith, to see whether we are in the faith. And that's going to be the basis of our discussion tonight, the the command, all that it implies, and and how we should do that uh, to be the kind of people God wants us to be. So this might get a little uncomfortable. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) All right, we're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August 13th, 2020. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn, my father Greg Gwynn. Hello, Dan. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. And Kyle's behind the controls. Kyle? It's good to be here. Glad you're here, Kyle. Yeah. Glad that you're listening tonight and uh, look forward to an important discussion uh, on the virtual Bible study tonight. we got a few thunderstorms rolling through the immediate area, a lot of lightning, so if we go off the air... Uh, don't worry that we got, you know, we new, could have been struck by lightning. Uh, yeah, but we probably just lose our electricity. I don't know. Well. Hopefully not. But uh, uh, just be advised if we if we go down, you know what happened. Or if we don't go down and you see us twitching, call the ambulance. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So uh, we always encourage people a, a couple of things. We encourage you to help us spread the word about the virtual Bible study. You can do that in several ways. You can get a bumper sticker, send us an email, and, and provide your U.S. Postal Service address, and we'll send you a, a bumper sticker. And lots of people in different parts of the country use those and help us get the word out. Uh, you can like us on your Facebook page and, and share our post because we don't do much Facebook work at all except once a week we do put the update on our Facebook page. So the same update that goes out in email goes on our Facebook page. And if you will share that with people, that will help get the word out. I think that can spread um, pretty uh, pretty much like wildfire once it gets started uh, sharing. So do that for us. Um, word of mouth. Just tell others about it. We'd love to have you share the information about the virtual Bible study. Of course, we always remind people that we do have a weekly update, and on Thursdays about noontime, we send out an update about what our discussion will be that night, and we give questions that we want to discuss so that you can provide feedback or at least be advised about what we're going to be discussing. So if you're not getting that, by all means, get that uh, by s- send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and just say, add me to the list. You'll get one other You'll get two emails a week from us because on Tuesday each week, typically, we send out an email version of our weekly church bulletin with articles uh, that I, we hope are valuable for study. So uh, if you're not getting our update and our weekly email bulletin, uh, by all means, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to the list. All right. So earlier today, we did two articles. I got that, yeah. We sent out these questions. 
Uh, from Second Corinthians 13, verse 5. Let me read that first. Second Corinthians 13, 5. Paul says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. So he says, Examine yourselves. So here's the questions that we ask based on that verse. That verse is the basis of our study tonight. Number one, what can we learn from studying the verb? Examine. Examine yourselves. I think there's just a subtle hint of something, some things in that verb. And, and we don't want to get deep off into the Greek because we not, we aren't Greek scholars ourselves and we don't expect people to be to understand the Bible. But sometimes you can get an interesting little shade of meaning if you just look at a Greek word or a Greek verb tense and that's what we want to do. Okay. Number two, what would you say about the instruction to examine yourself? Does this imply that we should never examine anyone else? Okay, you examine yourself and just leave me alone, okay? Right, okay. Don't, don't, don't be looking my way. Just take this exam. Yeah. yeah uh, yep. And furthermore, what personal traits are required if we are to successfully examine ourselves? Mm-hmm. Number three, discuss the difference between an objective standard and a subjective one when it comes to this self-examination. Number four, what's the proper goal in making the self-examination that we're instructed to make? And number five, what is the faith that we are to be in? Notice, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. What is that? What is the faith that we want to be in? And we'll discuss that. All right. If you'd like to comment, uh, sign in the chat room. Best way for you to comment tonight. If you're listening at any time, we want to hear from you at questions at collegeu.com. Send us an email uh, about this topic or any topic or I think even uh, earlier this week, you got some uh, suggestions for topics in the future on the virtual Bible study. So uh, if you have a suggestion for a future topic, send it into questions at collegeview.com. But I'm looking forward to this one tonight, although I do think it could get uncomfortable uh, as we put this into practice. But it is clearly a command that we need to be examining ourselves. So get me into this Greek word. Well, like we said, we're not Greek experts. And, I, you know, I, I very typically hesitate to even mention something about the Greek because I think people... Uh, they sort of get glassy-eyed when yeah, you Yeah, they tune like you out. Yeah. Or they oh, yeah, well, you've you got to be a Greek. You can't understand the Bible if you don't know the New oh, Testament here he goes Greek. again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, understand, of course, we, we do not... Pre- yeah, pre- they tune Oh, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we are, we do not uh, represent ourselves to be Greek scholars whatsoever. But there are a few simple Greek uh, study helps that you can investigate. And one of the things that I have personally found most helpful, and I haven't done a lot of Greek study, I've done a little bit, not a lot. One of the things is the shade of meaning that's provided by the Greek verb tenses. You know, we know we understand in English that we have present tense and we have past tense uh, and several variations of different verb tenses. And, and when we speak in English, we understand uh, uh, I went to the store versus I'm going to the store. We understand the difference in what those. Well, it's like that in Greek, but actually even more so. The Greek the Greek language is is more technically accurate in the way it conveys messages by by way of sort of like the southern dialect like the difference between i went and i done went (laughs) it's more than that more than that okay all right Uh, so this greek verb the greek verb pirazo if i'm saying that right the, the word examine that we have in our english is from the greek word pirazo 
It's not an uncommon verb in the Greek. I think it's found, if this, if this count is right, 38 times in the New Testament. Okay. And it can, it can convey some different meanings, but it often has the idea, as it does here, of discovering the nature or the quality of a thing by testing it. In other words, uh, uh, if, if you had, uh, if you had some gold ore, for instance, there are some tests that you can do to, to determine the quality of that ore. You, in other words, you'd subject it to certain chemical tests to see what is the purity of the gold that you're testing or whatever. Uh, that, you would use this word for that kind of a test. You're examining it. You're testing it to see what, it, what it's made of. Right. And so that's, that's the, the sense of this examine. The word examine means to test it, to find out how good it is by testing so that's the meaning of the verb. But what I think is the interesting thing about it is that it is in the present tense. The Greek present tense means an on, a, a current action that is ongoing in nature. Mm. And that's, that, that's sort of the interesting shade of meaning uh-huh. that you get in these Greek. In other words, a, a literal translation would be, and it would be fair to, put, to, to translate it this way, keep on examining yourselves keep mm. on testing yourselves to see if you're in the faith okay. and so this verb this this verse this instruction actually it's a command it's not just a suggestion from paul it's a command it's stated as a command right. examine yourself he said keep on examining your, yourselves to, to see or to make sure that you are in the faith and so i can't say yeah well, I, I did that once I, I tested myself and i found out yeah i'm okay check I checked that off, and I've never thought about that. No, right. this is something I need to be continually doing. The verb tense would suggest I'm continually examining myself to make sure I'm in the faith. Okay. Kyle, I'm getting a little drowsy. You getting drowsy over there? <laughs> does that not make sense? No, it does. I'm just kidding. Oh, we're, no. No. <laughs> we're still on the air. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, is it Thursday night, Kyle? I'm a, uh, no, I think, I, no, it does make sense, and it's good. Um, and I think uh, we got some comments from our listeners uh, along those same lines. Uh, in noting the term examine, such as used, this, this is, is from Kent, Kent down yeah, in Calvary, yeah. Georgia. Kent, Kent is a good Greek student. He says, such is used in verse 5 with reference to the term yourselves. Such necessitates that the Corinthians had a personal or individual responsibility to examine themselves. The term examine means to try and or test. The way the term is used here in the context of 2 Corinthians 5 is used in a positive connotation regarding the Corinthians placing things in a proper perspective. This necessitated these brethren rediscovering their true identity. They are to prove, uh, test, examine, scrutinize themselves to determine whether or not they are genuine. If they are not genuine, they are reprobates, which basically means rejected after testing. The phrase in the faith refers to the system of faith, the New Testament of Christ, which is the exclusive standard or authority that we use for this testing, Jude verse 3. And we're going to get a little bit more into that in our last question about the faith. So we will, I think Kent's exactly right, but we'll hold off on that last observation of his. Dwight's from Iowa, and he said, I think of examine as to look over something closely. But in the Greek, it's a little more in-depth. It's actually putting something to the test to make sure it passes in the New American Standard Version, it says to test ourselves. It also means to scrutinize and make sure it's original, deem worthy. I need to make sure that when I'm put to the test, I will pass according to the standard God has given us. If I don't pass, hopefully I will look closely to see where I failed so I can correct the problem. I think that's a good point. We're going to go to that in our next question about this examination. What what kind of personal characteristics do I need to have when I make this self-examination? 
So, so you tested yourself, and you found out that you that you came up miserably short. You're not anything at all like what a Christian is supposed to be, as described in the in the scriptures. So what? Yeah. What are you going to do? We'll talk a little bit about the reaction to the test, uh, but but again, I think uh, Dwight and Kent are onto, and I think Jim from Kentucky is onto that too. He says the Greek word pirazo means to scrutinize or to discipline. I take this to mean that one is to look closely if something is incorrect, to have both the ability and desire to change and correct it. I think that's right. You know, I think about some things that we test, and um, I don't know, you ever go work on your car and you want to go take it for a test drive? Yeah. You know, you work on the brakes, for instance. You want to make sure the brakes are good order before you put the family in the car, right? So you, you put the brakes on, you take it around the block. You don't just go slow and well it, it, it sort of came to a stop it's okay you want to you put it through its paces and test it over and over again make sure that you got it working like it should actually that's kind of an interesting illustration because when you're doing that as you say you don't just drive real slow and then easily put on yeah. you drive kind of hard and then you slam on the brakes to see if you can lock the wheels up you want to see if it you want to see if it operates at the extreme level. Yeah. You want to see if it's if it's in working order at the maximum kind of test it might be applied yeah. to. Yeah. And so as Christians, you know, the test is how do I hold up under intense scrutiny? How do I hold up? For instance, what would be the case? How would I be if our civil liberties changed like there are some other places in the world where the, the freedom to assemble and worship was not guaranteed to us constitutionally. What if, what if they changed that? And they could. How, would I be willing to do what it takes to keep assembling with God's people and worship even under threat, uh, of physical harm, imprisonment, or even death? Cause we, we have brethren in our spiritual ancestry who did that and we have brethren in the world today who are under that kind of test how would i do those are the kind of things that's suggested by this command and this is something important sort of like the breaks or you could think about a physical examination at the doctor what if you went to get your physical exam and the doctor came in and sat on the other side of the room and said you look like you're in good shape we'll see you next year probably wouldn't be going back to that doctor anymore would you he's not he because it's important you want to know if there's any problems. And, and they might even put you to a stress test. Yeah. In other words, put you on, put you on a treadmill, uh, and, and see how your heart responds yeah. to a, to a, putting a load on it and so forth. A lot of us have those kind of tests. How you doing? Right. But, but it's under, it's, it's under, uh, a, a challenge, or it's, it's not it's, just at ease. It's not just a casual or when, superficial. When, and when you're at ease. Right. It's not a superficial examination, Kyle. It is, we want to be thorough and in-depth, and so should be the way that we look at ourselves here as we think about testing something or examining it. I want to make sure that I'm in good spiritual health. I think you have to be, this is a time, I guess, as Christians, as we further ourselves and our faith, we need to make sure our pride is something that we're, we're afraid of, but put our pride aside and say, this is, I'm failing in this certain area. I have to, if I'm being tested, if I see I'm lacking, then I have to change. If I am want to be a Christian, if I want to go to heaven, then I have to change. So All right. we have to test ourselves, and if we're wanting, we got to change. Good. On Good. that, let's take a break, and when we get back. Well, we'll, we'll build on that idea a little bit more when we get back. The second question was, uh, 
What would you say about the instruction to examine yourself? Does that mean that you can never look, examine anybody else? But in regards to yourself, what kind of attitudes and characteristics do you need to have in order to make this a successful endeavor? We'll get that on the other side. Get your comments in now. Brian in California. Brian's back in California this week, and he's got a comment in the chat room. Add yours to it, and we'll get it on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. I'm Dan Quillen, a member of the College of Church of Christ, with some thoughts about making plans. Have you made any definite plans for your spiritual life and for your service for God? We spend time prioritizing personal lives and setting goals in our careers, but do we think in those terms about the most important thing, our soul? Ask yourself these questions. What am I planning to do for God today? In the coming week, what good thoughts will I accomplish for him? At this time next year, where do I want to be in my spiritual life? In five years from now, how will I have changed, improved, and grown in my work for God? Ten years from today, how will my family be? How will I have helped them grow spiritually? Twenty years down the road, how will I be doing? As I approach death, what will have been the most important things in my life? Where will I be in eternity? Here's some quotes worth pondering. When you help someone up a hill, you find yourself closer to the top. Many a person who can't add can certainly distract. The best thing about the future is that it only comes one day at a time. Thomas Jefferson said, He who permits himself to tell a lie once finds it much easier to do it a second and third time till at length it becomes habitual. He tells lies without attending to it and truth without the world believing him. Man, wish I'd said that. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program tonight as we talk about examining ourselves and what all is required for that. Brian is out in California tonight, and he references 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Word is our sole instrument for making an evaluation of our submission to Christ. Certainly it is. I think you're right, Brian. Uh, maybe if I want to know that I'm submitting to Christ, it's not going to be some kind of man-made set of rules. It's not going to be some kind of man-made creed. i got to go back to the Word of God and examine myself with respect to that, and that alone, to determine if I'm in the faith. Thank you for that comment tonight, Brian. All right. Let's go to this question. So it says, examine yourself. <laughs> And are we to, to take that to mean, okay, examine yourself, but don't be trying to examine anybody else yeah. uh, because uh, just stay out of my business. Okay? Watch it, pal. Yeah, just don't don't get in my face. Uh, that's, of course, that's a, a very popular idea. <clears throat> and in, in support of that false position, I'm, well, we'll say obviously we think that's a false position. But in support of that, of course, the verse that, always comes to mind is Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. We've talked about that verse so many times on the virtual Bible study, and we always stress that in the context of it, Jesus was describing hypocritical and hypercritical judgment, the kind of judgment which I judge you, but I won't apply that that same standard to myself. The text goes on to explain, verse 3, Why beholdest thou the mote, or speck, that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam, or board, that is in thine own eye? How wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine own eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? 
uh, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Well, we get that. I mean, as that, this is one of those really great word pictures that Jesus was able to paint. Uh, and you see this guy with a big board or beam sticking out of his eye, and he's trying very hard to pick a little speck out of his friend's eye. Yeah. Uh, he said, get the board out of your eye first. But then notice this, then you can help your brother get the speck out of you. He doesn't say ignore the speck in your brother's eye. He just says, take care of your problem first. And then I think it's really interesting. This, of course, that, that quote is from the Sermon on the Mount. That's a passage that's, that's within the broader context of the Sermon on the Mount. And later in that same chapter, Matthew 7, still during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, beware of false, verse 15, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Well, that's right in the immediate context of judge not that you be not judged. And Jesus said, you got to beware of false prophets. Test them. You'll be able to tell by their fruits. We're, we're, to, we're to, to do some inspection of others. There's just no doubt about it. So the, the type of judging that's referenced there in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, is the hypocritical judgment, not any judgment at all. Um, but I would say... That if we're not doing what we're instructed to do here in Second Corinthians thirteen verse five and examining ourselves, then we have no business. Then we're probably then we'll probably be guilty of what yeah. Jesus was condemning there yeah. in that passage. If yeah. I'm not willing to look at myself, then I'm probably the guy he was describing there in the first verses of Matthew seven. Exactly. Uh, but always a verse you got to throw in the mix here is John seven verse twenty four. Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So we are to judge. Do, do it right. Don't just judge by appearance, but judge righteous judgment is a command from Jesus. Get your comments in the chat room tonight. Let us know your thoughts as we talk about examining ourselves. Um, here's what Kent down in Georgia said. Second Corinthians 13 verse 5 does not imply that we cannot examine anyone else. Note First John 4 verse 1. And 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21 says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And then 1 John uh, says, 1 John 4, verse 1 uh, says, let's see here. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, or many false prophets are gone out into the world. Exactly. Uh, Okay. Uh, in addition to giving the exam, careful examination of others, their doctrine and practices, we need to try and or test our own lives, which is inclusive of what we believe in practice. That's, okay. So he says in examining, uh, in addition to giving careful examination to others, we got to make sure that we're testing our own lives. And, uh, and he says it's inclusive of what we believe in practice. That's a good one. We need to talk about that as we go along here, too. Uh, so thank you for that, Kent. Uh, and... Here's what we have from uh, Dwight tonight. Dwight says, to examine ourselves is wise counsel. Paul states in 1 Corinthians 9.27 that he had to discipline his body daily and make it as his slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself might not be disqualified. Or That is to say, 
uh, fail the test. Okay, thank you for that, Dwight. I saw a note that I thought was kind of interesting. Again, not to not to overplay the Greek tonight, but <sighs> but, but in the Greek, Greek your cells actually is the first word in the uh, in the text. Yeah. Uh, no, it, literally, it would be your cells keep on testing. Your cells continually examine but yourselves is the is the, the, the primary first. focus yeah yeah uh here's what uh jim says to examine oneself in the context of the verse of necessity does not involve examining anyone else other verses deal with that to properly okay so he says this isn't talking about that he said other verses talk about that so other verses would tell us that we need to do that yeah okay. all right good all right now the other part of that question is and this goes to kind of what kyle was talking about before the break what kind of what kind of attitudes do I need to have as I engage this self-examination? So the emphasis, and I think Jim is right, the, 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 the emphasis is this about ourselves. Don't let somebody misuse it and say I can never you know, consider someone else's spiritual situation because I'm commanded to do that. But this emphasis is about myself. So what, what kind of traits do I need to have? When it comes to examining myself, uh, obviously I got to be honest. You know, I, I got to be honest with myself. And and there's a statement over in First John two. Let me read that real quick. Uh, uh, no, no, that's not that's not what I want. First uh, John three. First John three says. In verse 20, 1 John 3, verse 20, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. In other words, I might as well be honest because God knows my heart even better than I do. And so there's no use to engage in an act of self-deception wherein, you know, I've got this deep spiritual problem, but I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not even owning up to it. Not, I'm not even admitting it to myself. I'm, mm-hmm. I've got this really big problem going on. But I won't even I won't even think about it. I won't even personally address it. I might as well be honest. I got to be honest in this self examination. Okay. Uh, well, that's what Kent said. You've been reading his notes no, again. No, I have not. I have not. Such necessitates the personal traits of honesty and a desire to know the truth. And I think that's another one. So I, so I got to be honest with the things I know about, but I also need to have that desire to know the truth. Uh, that's, so I'm not going to look at the Bible with like with one eye closed and the other eye squinting, so I don't see something here that might make me have to change. If I'm going to test myself out, I want to know every aspect of God's Word and what the standard is, not just uh, want to you know a superficial knowledge of God's Word so that I can make sure that I pass this test. Yeah, thank you for that, Kent. Appreciate that. Um, Psalm 26:1. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. So there, there the psalmist, in this case we believe David, was asking for himself to be judged by God's standard. Judge me, O God, uh, I have trusted in the Lord, I will not slide. So okay. he, he was, he was interested. He had that, that honest desire, uh, to be right with God. The problem, I think, with lots of folks is that they don't they don't have a commitment to to what is right and true. Second Thessalonians two verse ten speaks of those who will be deceived because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They let themselves be deceived. Uh, they're not really 
honest in self-examination, it's not going to work. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, Psalm 137 uh, says, uh, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So the psalmist here is asking God to search him, to try him, even know his thoughts and see if there's any wicked way, anything at all that needs to change. That was his attitude and that should be ours as well. Um did, did we cover Dwight's comment? Dwight uh, says, uh, well, he says we should take the beam out of our own eye first before trying to remove the speck in the brother's eye. And we have to be honest with ourselves, he says. We have to be willing to repent exactly. and ch- or change and be humble. So exactly. humility there is uh, certainly one that we've got to have. And this would be all the opposite of self-justification. You know, people who are, are prone to self-justification, they'll make they'll try to make it an argument as to why they don't need to correct anything or why they're right, irregardless. And so, okay, you can self-justify, but what you really want to do is be justified in the sight of God. And that takes an honest heart, willing to repent and change when it, when it shows that you need to. Being willing to admit that, you, yeah, you're not perfect and that there are places where you can improve. Uh, Jim says to properly examine yourself, you must... Have a standard that you're appealing to, the scriptures. And number two, have a goal in examining yourself to correct any flaws. And finally, number three, have the proper attitude in examining yourself and humility, realizing that it is possible for me to be wrong. I think that, and that's that, that last part of Jim's comment I think is so important. i gotta, I got to have that attitude. And I know, and I think probably all of our listeners have probably known too, what a big turn turnoff it is when people come to you with a holier-than-thou kind of attitude, I couldn't possibly be wrong. You obviously are wrong, but I couldn't possibly be wrong. Um, that attitude is counterproductive. It's counterproductive in trying to reach other people, but it's counterproductive to my own spiritual well-being, too. And so we've got to, we've got to be humble. All right, absolutely. We should not think that we're above fault, above reproach. Kyle, you know, you think about uh, someone testing an airplane you're about to ride on. You don't want them just to, well, assume everything's okay. We're just going to do a few little things. No, we're, we're looking for any flaw that we can find so we can get it corrected. That needs to be the way that we approach ourselves. Is anything yeah. that I can find that needs to be changed, I want to find it. It is something you can, well, you know, last, aside from the program a few weeks ago about the news, and if you look on, if you were to happen to glance at the news, <laughs> you will find very quickly that people don't like to be told that they're wrong. Yeah. And even to have a somewhat debate with uh, an opposing view is something that is just that's just, that's just the most worst thing you can think about. That's just like, why I cannot be wrong. Yeah. It is if everybody is always right. That's what it has to be, except for some people. But we have to be humble. I think... This is the basis of what the Word of God tells us is, you know, if you're not living right, you are wrong. Yeah. And that's something that's hard to swallow for people, and I think that's eroding in our society, though. So, uh, so that's something that we're seeing the fruits of this, I think. But So we have to – we can be wrong, and we must – what is right is what the Word of God says. So that's our – that is our standard, but it's not necessarily the world's standard, though. And you got Dwight fired up in the chat room, two weeks and no news, Dwight says. Good, good. Keep it up, Dwight. Good job. Uh, Let's get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. And our next question 
has to do with what standard are we going to use? And that's been hinted at already in our comments. But when we get back, we want to talk about what is the standard to use. Obviously, if there's an examination or a testing, you know, I think of I think of testing sort of in a balance scale. And there are different with different ways you might test things, but some tests would involve a balance scale. What what's the what's the the the, the standard that you're putting on one side of the scale? to weigh yourself on the other side of the scale. What's the standard? What's the standard? And it puts the difference between an objective and a subjective standard. 877-381-4567. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from an unknown author who says... The story is told of a horse pull where one horse pulled 9,000 pounds and another pulled 8,000 pounds. Together, you would expect them to pull 17,000 pounds, but not so. When teamed together, they pulled 30,000 pounds. The principle is called synergism. By definition, the simultaneous actions of separate agents working together have a greater total effect than the sum of their individual efforts. More can be done in a team effort than can be accomplished solo. In order for the principle of synergism to work like it should, there has to be teamwork. Everything we do takes teamwork and trust. Every person in the local church is valuable and needed. The church is a team, and together we can build for the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, it says, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. I don't know if anybody got anything out of that bullet point, other than they were probably laughing there. You had a little blooper there. Yeah, I, I thought I had that. I thought I clip that out a lot of times i mean obviously when you're recording something you may say something wrong and you and with the editing software we have we you can go back and cut that out and go on and i thought i did i obviously didn't <laughs> <laughs> a little frustrating sometimes there i guess it might be kyle can cut that out for you before we go to the podcast there yeah kyle's got you he's got your back and we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the college of church of christ in columbia tennessee find out more about us at our website thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com Check us out on YouTube, Kyle, at yeah, College View Livestream. College yeah. View Livestream. Yeah. Got some good uh, sermons out there on that, uh, on that, and as well as Bible classes. Maybe, maybe the church where you're meeting doesn't have Bible classes right now. You can join us on Wednesday night or Sunday morning and uh, view those Bible studies with us. We would enjoy and appreciate having you be a part of that. Uh, check us out on the Internet. We want to hear from you at eight, uh, questions at collegeview.com at any time. We're talking about examining ourselves on the program tonight. And what needs to go into that? And one of those things that we think about as we think about examining ourselves has got to be the standard that I use. I mean, how am I going to decide if I'm good or bad? Okay, so if we're going to examine ourselves, there's got to be something to compare to, right? Yep. Uh, so we ask the question, discuss the difference between an objective standard and a subjective one when it comes to this self-examination. All right, I think all of our listeners understand the difference between objective and subjective Objective is, I don't know, I, I don't know how people picture that, but objective is something I can, I can get a hold of. It's, it's an object. It's something I can, and, and, and that may be a very faulty way to define it, but the way I've always made sense of it is it's something, something you can grab a hold of. It's, it's, it's an object that you can get a hold of. 
versus subjective is oh that's just how I feel that's just that that's sort of in the you know the nether world it's just all about emotions and yeah. and you know how I f- feel about something you know so objective versus subjective so in, in this examination we want an objective standard rather than just feelings proverbs 14 verse 12 warns about trusting just our feelings or what we think and there are a lot of verses we could add to this but proverbs 14:12 says there's a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death and so it's possible that you can just think you're okay and I, and so here's the standard I'm going to use then if i feel good about it it's okay if it makes me feel good so i'm 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 engaged in this religious practice and I haven't really looked at the Bible to see if the Bible upholds it as being legitimate, but I sure feel good about it. I like it. it you know, I, it's, I have positive emotions concerning this that I'm doing religiously. That's my test. Well, the scriptures warn that that's not uh, the kind of test that we ought to employ. All right. Uh, certainly. Um, the lots of folly there uh, takes you back to uh, the book of Proverbs, doesn't it? Proverbs chapter 14, maybe? I was just reading 14, 12. Yeah. Um, there's another statement. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of it, and I, I, I'm drawing a blank from the Proverbs. Um, I don't know. We need to go on, but I, can't, I, I, I might find it here in a minute. Okay. All right. Uh, certainly, uh, maybe somebody in the chat room could help us with another verse along the idea of the folly of folly of following your own thinking and your own feelings. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, here's what Kent said: An objective standard deals with the rea- with reality, which exists separate and apart from the human mind. John eight verse thirty two: You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Such is true. Or real, regardless whether or not one accepts or rejects such reality. Such existed prior to our existence and will remain as being real or true, even if one experiences death. Truth and or reality exist separate and apart from the human mind as an innocent, independent source. Such is the case with the New Testament of Christ, John 17, 17. Um, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Subjective truth, thought only exists in the mind of the one doing the thinking. Such is not based upon reality and therefore not based upon truth. It is interesting to note that the New Testament term translated truth is defined by all standard uh, Koine Greek lexicons as being used objectively, signifying the reality lying at the basis of an appearance, essence of a matter. Uh, Truth or reality is never based upon subjective thought. Thank you, Kent. Oh, and I think along the lines of what Kent is saying there is, so you're, you're taking a math course at school. And you would not go to the teacher. So you took a test and and you came back and you had several questions marked wrong and you got a bad grade on the test. So here's an exam. Okay, that's what we're talking about is an exam. So you took a math exam and and you got your your exam back and there were several wrong answers marked wrong with, you know, that uh, that very offensive red pencil that the teacher uses. And you go up to the teacher and, and say, I don't know why you marked these wrong. I feel like that's the right answer. And the teacher would say, I don't care how you feel. That's not the right answer. You know, and and she breaks out one of the, did you ever have one of those 
uh, reference works, standard math tables. You know, the, I don't know if I don't, by the time you got to school, I don't know if you had to use those or not. But we we had an actual hardback book. It's pretty thick, standard math tables, and and so you would go to them and you could establish what was mathematically true uh, by reference works like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know the, the teacher says that's a wrong answer. There's 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 no truth that would say you're correct there's no there's no standard that would say you're correct and how you feel about it is that doesn't matter you failed the test your feelings notwithstanding and and so in math we would go to an objective standard mm-hmm. and that's what we're saying we have to do religiously is that right before she smacked you over the head with a slide rule or with you know i my first grade teacher used to take that red pen and whack you across the knuckles yeah. if you if you yeah. act it up Okay, Mohan says, number three, the objective standard is if we are living faithfully according to the Bible. Subjective standards may be going beyond what is written, such as how many converts we made and using our opinions to examine ourselves. And so, yeah, Mohan says we've got to use that absolute standard, uh, the objective standard of the Bible, not the subjective, because there's no guarantee that that's right. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. Uh, I, I was thinking of 1 John chapter 2, hereby, verse 3, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, the truth is not in him. Whoso keepeth the word, in him verily the love of God is perfected, hereby know we that we are in him. So that that's how we know. Yep, yep. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to get Dwight. To examine myself without personal feeling, that would be objective, uh, the objective standard. To examine myself with personal perspectives and opinion and feeling, it would be the subjective standard. As I examine myself, I will, uh, I have to be willing to put away my thoughts and feelings if they are contrary to God's will. Proverbs 16, verses 18 through 20 and verse 25. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit than uh, with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who... Heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Verse 25, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Thank you for that uh, uh, tonight, Dwight. Appreciate those comments. Jim in Kentucky says, an objective standard is a standard beyond one's self. The scriptures are to be our objective standard. A subjective standard is one I make myself, my opinion. In examining myself, I must appeal to an objective standard if I am to seek correcting any faults. Otherwise, there's no purpose in examining yourself, as you can always excuse your faults as your new subjective standard. This is the problem in our current culture, to reject the one true objective standard of God's word and make an appeal to man's standard, which is constantly changing and appeals to situation ethics. I think Jim makes a good point there. If we don't use an objective standard, the objective standard of the scriptures, then these subjective standards are constantly changing. And and what might pass today won't pass, you know, a year from now because the, the, the societal norms and all the cultural dictates have indicated to go a different direction. So subjective things are just fluid. There's no, there, I mean, it, it's like being tossed around by the waves of the sea. We need we need the, the the bedrock objective of God's word. Absolutely. Uh, along the lines of things that don't work in this self examination, my own emotions, my feelings, I would add also Second Corinthians ten verse twelve, 
For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Another bad subjective standard is, well, I'm, I'm doing better than most. I'm not perfect, and I know I got some flaws that, yep. I mean, I, I can identify my flaws, but to me, they don't seem near as bad hey, as what some of those other guys are doing. Doing a lot better than Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah look and, at him. And, and so, you know, so that's a subjective standard, too. Yep. Yep. Um, Kyle, it's, it's, we've got to be very careful. And, and the only thing that matters here is what God thinks about us and, and, and applying his standard. Yeah. What uh, what Jesus said, there, of course, he, uh, the example it was, you know, just, we don't build our houses upon the sea. We don't build our houses on sand. We don't build our our morals, how we dictate our lives upon the sand. You know, we're supposed to bedrock. It's just like the Bible, the Word of God is the bedrock. And it's just, I've uh, thought, uh, yeah, that way for a while, the societal norms are going with the, uh, which the fluidity of your moral, your, your compass. So it's just, yeah, we have to make sure that the Word of God is our standard. It is our weights and measures. That's what the Department of Weights and Measures is in the United States. That's like it is, it is the... The example it is the standard Absolute by which standard. we, yeah. Everything. You know, when I pull up to the gas pump, a lot of times I look to see that little inspection sticker. How long has it been since this particular gas pump was tested as to whether it's delivering a gallon of gas when it says that it's delivering a gallon of gas? You know, well, this this one, this pump, you know, hasn't been tested in three years. Hmm, I don't know about that. Uh, may not be it may not be too accurate you know the guy behind the desk up there in the convenience store he could have tinkered with that thing and it's actually only given nine tenths of a gallon instead of a gallon he charged me for a gallon only give me nine tenths a gallon i need this pump to be tested against a legitimate known objective standard that's what we're talking about spiritually yeah, Kyle, I like what you said about the, the morals of, of the country shifting and, and our society shifting. This is an all-or-nothing proposition, isn't it? I mean, either we are, we are grounded 100% to God's Word, or else we have n- absolutely no guarantee that we're right. I mean, we've got to be we've got to be grounded to that. It's like a, a ship at sea. You know, Christ is our anchor, but the thing is, if we don't have an anchor... Then we're just going where the wind takes us. We're going to go wherever society blows us. Absolutely, so. and and, and it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see how fluid the societal standards are. They're just constantly changing. It wasn't that long ago. You know, d- d- just take the abortion debate, for instance. It wasn't that long ago where you know nobody would have even imagined a performing an abortion after the first trimester of pregnancy. You know, oh no, you can't. You know, even even the liberals who were pushing abortion, of course, we believe, you know, life begins at conception. But even but the the liberals who were pushing for abortion were agreeing. Well, no, you can't do it after the first trimester. Now, and it's not that long later. Now, abortion's right up to the point of birth. And one one prominent uh, politician even said, well. Baby can be born, and then the mother can decide what to do with it. Maybe put it to death That's after it's born. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, I was talking to some folks in India, not a Christian nation. Abortion's illegal. Yeah. You can't find out what gender your baby's going to be prior to being born because they're afraid it could tempt you to want to have an illegal abortion. It's illegal. It's illegal in China as well, I think. But not here in America. I don't know about China. I think it is. Is it? I, I don't think know. it is. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it's amazing. It make your blood boil. Uh, all right. But again, that gets back to our objective versus subjective standard. We can get get this last break, and then uh, we'll we got two back. questions. We'll deal with the number four real quickly because we've kind of covered this. What's the proper goal in making this self examination? What are we doing it for anyway? All right. Don't go anywhere. And then, and then, what is this faith? The faith. Oh, Examine be... yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. What right. is the faith? Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new survey shows that the majority of Americans no longer believe that Jesus is the path to salvation, and instead they believe that being a good person is sufficient. This includes 68% of those who identify as Christians, and specifically 77% of Catholics embraced this idea. That information is via the Christian Post. The Word of God says in Romans 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. Back on the program. Do need to clarify it. It is illegal to get, I mean, it is legal to have abortions in China, but not in, in India and other places around the world. Uh, so. So Lou got us straight on that in the chat room. Oh, he did. Okay. okay yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, good. Thank you for that, Lou. Uh, all right. Now, we got to examine ourselves. Why are we doing this? So, so the proper goal uh, is obviously to be right with God. Yep. I, I, I want to be saved eternally. I want to go to heaven when this life is over. It's ultimately all that matters. It's been said lots of times, if you miss heaven, you just missed it all. I mean, nothing. So you could become the, the richest man in the world, uh you can have all the world, the wealth of the world, but lose your own souls. Jesus even described that. Uh, what verse am I trying to think of here? Uh, I should know that. Uh, basically, Jesus yeah, yeah. said, if you acquire all the wealth of the world and, tr- and lose your own soul, you've gained nothing. Uh, that would be think? Matthew sixteen twenty four. Is that what or it 26, is? 16, 26, yeah. Mark eight thirty six. Mark eight thirty six. That's what I was trying to get. Mark yeah. eight thirty six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, the, the the purpose of this self examination is to make sure I'm what God, or or at least I'm striving. I'm making making moves in the direction of being what God wants me. I'm not perfect. I'll never get there. The Apostle Paul said that. Uh, I think we've always been encouraged by what Paul said in Philippians uh, uh, chapter 3, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Uh, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so that's, that needs to be our disposition. I'm not there yet. I understand I'm not there yet. 
And, but I'm going to keep on striving. And as I make these examinations, the purpose of this self-examination is when I, when I detect a flaw, then I c- try to correct that. When I see an area of weakness, I address that to be stronger. Uh, if I'm not going to do that, then the whole exercise is futile. Is, you know, so I, I realize I've got a real problem with a bad temper. I blow up in fits of rage, but that's just the way I am. That's just, I, that's just, that's just the way I, I've had people actually say that, you know, and excuse what the Bible describes as a sinful characteristic, outbursts of rage. That's just the way I am. No, that, 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 that doesn't work. In other words, if you realize that you have that characteristic, you can't pass it off by just saying that's the way I am. You've got to change that. Here, Dwight and Michelle in the chat room said also to set a good example so we don't misguide others. So I should examine myself to make sure that I'm being what I should be when others look at me and uh, that I'm not providing a point of discouragement to them or a bad example to them where they might look at me and say, well, he does it, it must be okay. Uh, good point there, Dwight and Michelle. Appreciate that. Here's what Kent said, to know and follow God's truth. Two goals there, to know it and to follow it. And uh, Dwight, in this email tonight, said the ultimate goal is to be in line with God's word so we can be in heaven with him in the end. We must be willing to do this self-examination in the mindset of changing our focus towards heaven and not earthly treasures. So in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I like that, uh, Dwight. Thank you for that. And Jim in Kentucky says, The proper goal of making this self-examination is to show oneself to be in the faith obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ and thus following him. It is not to seek to appeal to the majority nor to appeal to popularity or or religious doctrine, but to make changes to conform to the image of Christ. That, that I had that in notes, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. I think our listeners will remember where it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. To be like Christ, to be Christ-like, that's what we want to be. Thank you for that. Uh, Kent's email reminded me of Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, talking about Ezra. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra, as he approached God's word, he wanted to know it, but he also wanted to do it. And that's what needs to be our goal here as we seek to examine ourselves. Okay, so we've got to move quickly to this final question, because I think this is an important thing that needs to be addressed when the scriptures speak of the faith, notice now that this is I, I, the English Standard Version. Examine. There's some more thunder out there. You hear that? I hear it. Second uh, Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Notice it doesn't say examine yourself to see if you have faith. It says examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. That's an interesting expression, but it, it has significance because it suggests uh, the divine system. It, 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 it's, it's reference to uh, the, the whole system of religious doctrine and, and, and activity that's described in the Word of God. Let me give you some quick references. Acts 6, verse 7 says a great crowd of Jewish priests became obedient to the faith. 
other words, they changed from following the Jewish system. They became Christians. They were following the doctrine of Christ. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, uh, is, after he was converted, he says in Galatians 1 verse 23 that he preached the faith. He didn't say he believed or that he had faith. He says he preached the faith. He was preaching that system of doctrine. Uh, <clears throat> Hymenaeus and Alexander made shipwreck concerning the faith. 1 Timothy 1 verse 9. And then a very familiar verse. Uh, Jude urged those that he was writing to to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints or once for all time delivered to the saints. The faith, the system that had once been for all time delivered to the saints. That's what Kent said, and he said the faith in Second Corinthians 5, verse 11, is the systematic doctrine known, uh, known as the doctrine of Christ. Second John, verses 9 through 11, and Jude, verse 3 that you mentioned. We are in the faith when we uh, are in obedience and uh, uh, and are submissive to such. All right. Thank you for that, Kent. And uh, Dwight says that that we are following after the will of God, not man. Ephesians 4, verse 5 says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. This one faith is the word of God, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, verse 17. Bright, Brian in California referenced Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 in the chat room as well. It says one faith, just one. Um, and uh, so, and then we have Jim in Kentucky he says the faith in this verse is dealing with fellowship in Christ, similar to the way it is used in, ver- in Jude verse three. So lots of folks honing in on Jude verse three yeah. and Ephesians four verse five uh, tonight. Dwight and Michelle in the chat room says, as we can see, the faith mentioned is singular, one faith, not many. So that that gets us back to that objective standard. That standard is going to be the same for everybody, too, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the faith, the standard, uh, if I'm going to be judging myself, uh, then I'll be submitting to the same standard that you're submitting to and everyone else is submitting to, uh, just one. Okay. We're out of time, but just to bring this home. So week by week we study on the Virgin Bible Study. As we study different issues on the Virgin Bible Study, all of us, those of us sitting at the desk here or those of you who listen, and we've got a lot of people who listen regularly, if we, if, if we come across something that suggests that what I've been doing or what I've been believing is not true to the Word, then self-examination would say, I need to change that. Right? Got to get aligned. Got to get aligned. Yeah. If I'm not, then it's a worthless exercise. Yeah. There's no use looking to the Word of God if I'm not going to conform myself to it when I find it. Right. right? Go back to that verse one more time. Second Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. In other words, he was basically saying, uh, keep on testing yourself. We said that was the sense of that verb. Uh, if you fail to appreciate the relationship you have with Christ, if you fail the test, then you are reprobates. And the idea of reprobate has a lot of connotation, a uh, uh, negative connotation. All right. Yeah. It, 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 it It's not, uh, we talked about it being uncomfortable. It may not always be comfortable when we come to realization of an area of our life that needs to be corrected or changed as we examine ourselves, Kyle, but it is always worth it to make those I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read Dwight's last comment in the chat room. You're not? No, because he mentions a word that we don't want to mention tonight. We've been mentioning it almost every week. It's not a dirty word. 
Well, you know, I mean, he's trying to wreck it. He's trying. It's the it's the it's the pandemic word. He wants us to not. He congratulate us for not saying it, so we can't read that, or else we'll say it. So, uh, all right. Thanks, Dwight. Thank you, Dwight. Uh, thank you for everyone for the comments in the chat room, for the emails, for participating in the program tonight. Kyle, it's been a good discussion. Yeah, uh, some certainly some good admin, ad, admonition here for us and reminders for us to be examining ourselves. Yeah, it was a good program. I think it's something we need to be mindful of daily as Christians. So we just gotta. Make sure we're holding ourselves to the standard. We make sure that we're not looking at the world and see what they're doing. We need to focus on the Word of God. So, yeah, good stuff. Exactly right. Thank you, Dad, for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for being a part of it, and we hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We'll be making plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.